What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two weeks into the season, close games and wacky finishes are a common theme in the NFL. It's great news for the league, giving viewers who have no fantasy football nor gaming interest reason to stick around until the end. There have been 12 games decided by three points or fewer already, the most to the first two weeks of a season in NFL history. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. I know I look like I'm underwater, uh, and that's the last mention I'll make of it. Uh, It is a Tuesday, as far as I know. It's episode number 845 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And uh, here we go. I'm in South Florida. In a moment, you're going to see the moose in uh, the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. It's going to be a very entertaining show. If you have any problems with what you're looking at, I encourage you to just close your eyes. Just close your eyes and listen to our soothing voices as we give you the best daytime sports talk show uh, content in North America. And there we go. It's hot. Coming up today, a Seattle Kraken broadcaster, Mike Benton. Benton on the mic, if you want to go follow him on Twitter, Mike Benton. Uh, In hour two, Tori Gurley, our NFL insider, will be with us and some other special guests along the way. The Moose is with us. And uh, hey, Moose, <clears throat> there's, you, you get into a day where you think that you know what you're going to talk about. Last night's Monday night football games and uh, any football-related stuff, and all of a sudden, boom, a couple things happen. One, you remember that you're from Canada, and you're probably going to have to talk hockey at some point. And two, half the league goes and retires on this Tuesday. It completely changes everything that you're ready to talk about. So um, what would you like to talk about today before we get into the quick six? Anything that you would like to get off? your chest or mind uh no that monday night game let's just forget about it let's just move on yeah um (laughs) i think we're done with that but if i did have to you know wrap it i think you know it's the worst loss in the mike vrabel era in tennessee buffalo needed that one you know you won't think it but that they needed it because they've struggled with tennessee in the past and they didn't just need to win that game they needed you know to squish them into the ground and I think Buffalo's on their way, which we knew. 
Um, Tennessee will be okay. I thought they got frustrated. They got went down the field, drive for drive with them early, scored the touchdown. We'll get and then, you know, we'll get to that third down a few times, but yeah, we're, we're going to get to the Monday night football Tough. and the quick six show topic. So can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director Jordan, please. And thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, by the way, there was no part of being in Buffalo last night that I wanted to be there. Uh, there was a lot of people going, I love Buffalo. It's the greatest place I've been there. Uh, it looked like the 95,000 people at the stadium were having a good time, but just not for me. Uh, here is our number one point. It's what came down the pipe in the national hockey league on Tuesday morning after 24 NHL seasons, former Boston Bruins captain Zdeno Chara is hanging up his skates. He announced on Instagram Tuesday morning that he'll be signing a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Bruins. Now, I could sit here and go through his resume because it's a Hall of Fame resume. You and I aren't going to argue whether he should go to the NHL, uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame, because we all know that he should. It's not even a question. So that happened. Moments later, former Montreal Canadiens and Nashville Predators star P.G. Subban announced his retirement from the NHL. He's 33 years old, and last year in 77 games with New Jersey, he had five goals and 22 points. We thought that was enough. He was a second-round pick, 43rd overall by the Montreal Canadiens. And we're like, okay, let's talk about Chara and uh, Subban. And then Wango, it was like in our morning, somebody informed me, maybe it was you, that Keith Yandel's retired now. That all came down on Tuesday morning. 1,109 NHL games for Keith Yandel, 619 career points. Arizona, the Rangers... Florida, and the Philadelphia Flyers. And it spawned this poll question. And again, I think a little bit of the heat stroke still carrying over into Tuesday for me. I can't remember who came up with the poll question today, but it was a good one, guys. Thank you. In our morning meeting today, whom of the three players that retired on Tuesday morning did you enjoy watching the most? P.K. Subban, Keith Yandel, or Zdeno Chara. So that's our number one point. That's the biggest breaking news of this Tuesday. And of all of them, uh, we can sit here and debate this for two flipping hours, Moose. Uh, I had somebody, you probably might have seen it, somebody wrote in on Twitter and said, none, I didn't enjoy watching any of them. (laughs) You sound like a lot of fun to be around. I'll say this about Chara. I remember when he came through what was the Agridome at the time in 1995 with the Prince George Cougars. I was calling the game. Regina Pats hockey, me and Al Dumba. And we're like, who is this freak of nature? The eighth wonder of the world. I think Zdeno Chara at 17 years of age was six foot nine. And Al and I said, for anybody who's watched him live, even in junior, it was the same thing. If he reached out both his wings with one stick in one hand, he could probably cover 75% of the blue line. So that's what I remember about Zdeno Chara first laying eyes on him in junior hockey. But P.K. Subban was a lot of fun to watch, too. He seems kind of yappy. He doesn't seem to be a great teammate. Um, so, But uh, he was fun to watch. And I will say this about Keith Yandel. We had Derek Morris on. Arizona Coyotes, great. Former Flames draft choice. Remember, I said to Mo, who's the best defensive partner he ever had? Actually, one of the viewers asked him that. He said Keith Yandel. So lastly, Darren, these are three tremendous hockey players retiring today. It's too bad they couldn't space it out over three days. I'm guessing they probably didn't talk to each other. Yeah, they didn't communicate. I think all three at some point were all Olympians, too. Did Yandel make an appearance on Team Canada? I think he did. Oh, I'm sure he would have. Yeah, at one point. You know, PK was was a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, a guy who won a Norris, won an Olympic gold, right, and did a lot of great things in the NHL, was a lot of fun to watch. I remember Chara, though. I hated him because he played with the Bruins and being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan as, as a kid growing up. But I remember when he went through the Islanders and through – 
the Ottawa Senators program, he was a he was a pylon. I mean, he was just big and he couldn't move. <laughs> and then he got to Boston and he just found his game and he just figured out the kind of player he needed to be. He was tough, but he was respectful. He was mean and nasty, but still clean at the same time. Um, and you just couldn't do anything about it. He was going to be on the ice and you were not going to be able to get around him, get to the front of the net. Um, so yeah, it's a tough day. Three, three guys and Yandel played at a high level for a long, long time was a valuable member everywhere he went on any team. So never made a lot of mistakes. That guy. Three tremendous players. Um, Terry Livermore watching. I think he's in Calgary. He said Yandel is American. Uh, that's fine. Darren, didn't you ask if he played internationally? Charo played internationally. I, I saw the post this morning. He had over 200, uh, I think international games played, or maybe that was Stanley Cup playoff games. What jumped out to me was over 1,650 NHL regular season games played by Zidane Charles. What Darren's getting at, and I agree, is three of these players were tremendous NHLers. They were tremendous at representing their country. And by the way, I've just called up our feed on YouTube. It doesn't look that bad. It's not perfect, but it's fine. We'll get through it. But I will say this. Our medium, Kevin, is watching. Kevin, the medium. And he says, Charles was a dirty. 2011 still brings anger to my Canuck. Broken heart. Uh, was he at it? I thought he was a very good player. Um, Charles going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. There's no two ways about that. But we seem to have some spirits interfering with our technical broadcast, Kevin. So if you can alleviate those in some regard, that would be great. He has offered to give you a reading, Darren. Have you had that reading and with your medium, Kevin, one of our regular viewers yet? It's in the book. It's on the books. So it, it hasn't Is happened it? yet, but it but it's scheduled. So uh, that will be uh, later today. Uh, everybody's writing in good morning, and I appreciate y'all doing that. I just can't say good morning to everybody. Just, uh, just sit back and be entertained, please. This is funny. James in Borden, Manitoba says, Rod's dial-up internet is acting up. Yeah, because here in South Florida, we're really hurting for uh, technical aspects, right? We're way behind in South Florida, those of you in Borden, Manitoba. Randy from Winnipeg says, loved Chara crumpling up the Leafs. You're starting to see a lot of, here's Todd Pinkney. Pinks writes in, P.K. Subban slew-footed his way out of the league. From Enortap, he says, Hollywood Subban ready to go into action as a color commentator. Jason in Red Deer says, P.K. Subban, fun to watch off the ice. We talked about that in our morning meeting. Uh, he's been in the movie Jackass. He's been on the um, Netflix series. What are you laughing at? Oh, you're thinking about what, what he did in the movie, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Last comic stand. Slapping. Or whatever. Last one yeah. laughing. Last one laughing. LOL. Last one laughing. Yes. Um, yeah. And listen, not surprising that this is happening. Andrew Stout, Montreal Canadiens fan, says Chara will be remembered for his hit on Pacioretty that put Pacioretty out. That's what you'll remember him for, but that's not what I thought of when I thought of Zidane Chara. I didn't think of him at all. I thought about what he, I saw him in junior at six foot nine and his incredible wingspan. So clearly everybody has their own memories, and we've spent enough time on this. Um, we're going to move on. But Jason and Redger says, I see why Tom Brady fired the iPad into the earth. Bad Wi-Fi in South Florida. Well, it was in New Orleans, and I'm moving on from that, too. 
Nothing we can do about tech gremlins. Uh, first, a word from our sponsor. Edo Japan. From hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce, Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. I know why everybody loves this show. <clears throat> it's so different from anything else you're going to see anywhere. We already, we've, we've established that. But when he's talking about Tampa Bay and Tom, just so you know, Darren, this morning on ESPN, I think it was first take, they were debating, are the Saints and the Bucks now the NFL's top rivalry? You saw the brawl that went down. If you, like One guy getting shoved to the ground is now a brawl. And I'm, maybe that is the biggest rivalry. I flip everything to hockey. What is hockey's biggest rivalry? And it's automatically Oilers Flames. There's no two, two ways about that. In Florida, you would say Lightning Panthers. I'll tell you what, there were more fighting majors in games between the Panthers and Lightning last year than there were between the Oilers and Flames. Just last year, more fighting majors, if that means anything to anybody. But as a Leafs fan, do you want to challenge those two rivalries, Battle of Alberta, Battle of Florida, with anything that you got going on? Well, how would you respond to that? Yeah, not today. I think it's changing. I think at at one point I would have said Leafs Bruins when they had those playoff series. Um, In the early 2000s, I might have said Toronto, Ottawa. And in the older folks that I never got to see a Toronto Montreal rivalry, just it wasn't, it's never been a thing for me. And, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. So right now I would go flames Oilers as the best rivalry in the NHL. Is and always will be. Uh, but like you say, uh, and, and well, in the NFL, I think they all change, but right now they say Bucks saints. And I think that's just because of coming out of the weekend. I'll spend a minute here on the NFL, and then we'll move on, because as I say, we give people things that they can't get anywhere else. I hear that a lot, a lot from Canadian viewers. You're the only one talking CFL, so that's why I watch, and I feel like, is that a good or a bad thing for us? Are we so behind we think we're ahead, or do you know what I mean? Like, we're the only ones talking CFL on daytime television and on sports talk. I'm not sure necessarily that's a good thing or a bad thing. But anyways, to the NFL, Monday night in Philly, Jalen Hurts had 301 total yards in the first half in the breakout game of his young career, finishing with three total touchdowns as he led the Philadelphia Eagles to a 24-7 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Again, headline this morning on uh, ESPN, what they're talking about is Jalen Hurts franchise quarterback material in Philly. I'm like, Why are you talking about this? They don't have anybody else. Gardner Minshew is the backup. Of course he's the franchise. God, can we talk about something that matters? Orchard Park, Park, New York. Josh Allen threw for four touchdown passes, including three to Stephon Diggs. And the Buffalo Bills rolled to a 41-7 win over the Tennessee Titans. The Bills covered. Darren gave his thoughts about the game off the top. And I'll just say this. The Bills are kicking the crap out of everybody. It's double-digit wins over everybody. And reminded me... After the Rough Riders won the 2013 Grey Cup, the next year, if you remember, we started 6-0. and And I remember flying home from some road trip somewhere. And I was beside Paul Waldo. Empty seat in the middle. Waldo was against the window. And I said, wow, we got a team here. And Waldo goes, we're kicking the crap out of everybody. Well, what derailed the Riders that year was the quarterback getting hurt. So that's the only thing that will derail the Buffalo Bills from winning the Super Bowl. And it is injury. And I can't wait for them to get down here to Miami on Sunday and take on the Dolphins, who are 2-0, and and they're saying this might be the greatest Dolphins team ever. That's what they're saying. By the way, word from our sponsor. Dark Horse Bets is Woodbine's easy-to-use betting app that brings the excitement of live stream horse races right to you. It's AI-powered insights and strategies to help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices.
Um, I'm going to read one CFL point. It's news, and then we'll get into some CFL fake news after the break, the fun stuff. Um, they're on a bye week, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could clinch a home playoff game without stepping onto the field. Winnipeg would cement a home playoff game if BC defeats Calgary Saturday night at BC Place. The Lions edged the Stamps last weekend at McMahon and would also secure a postseason spot with a sweep of the home-and-home home series. So the Lions would clinch a playoff berth with a win. If they lose, they'd still secure a playoff berth if both Hamilton and Ottawa lose this week. I'm not sure who wrote this for the Canadian press. It seems like a third grader. So I'm just going to stop right there. But the CFL sent out its uh, playoff scenario news release. And that's some of what... It's still far too complicated, guys. Just go win. Sask's on a bye week, however. Uh, this week's games are Hamilton at Montreal, Toronto at Ottawa, Calgary at BC. There's just three. When we come back, we'll discuss, because everybody likes to talk about Canada's team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the term, the team that I named that, the CFL's Dallas Cowboys. Um, the coach, it just hit the wire today, what the coach said after the game Friday night. We're not very good. Now everybody's making a big deal out of it. It's at 3downnation.com. And Darren, I don't know if you saw this, but some fans are like, who'd want to play for that guy? The coach said we're not very good. It's now Tuesday. That quote came out Friday night. So we'll kick that around. And uh, some other CFL news. I want to talk Seattle Kraken, Vegas Golden Knights, Blue Jays, and the Aaron Judge uh, chase of the Roger Maris record. So we'll be right back. It's the RP Show on Game Plus Television, live streaming on YouTube, and 24-hour uh, sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back. <clears throat> It is the RP Show on this Tuesday. Um, I don't know. Still a little blurry here, a little underwater. <clears throat> but we're uh, making do. You can hear us just fine. I see this happen on the other networks. Don't act like it's the end of the world. Okay. Uh, let's bring the moose in here. Moose, we can continue going on what I have, or we can go with what the viewers want. I think it'll probably be a mix of both. But Wayne in Victoria, B.C. writes in and he says, The RP show is so unique with the interaction with us regular folks. I love it. So do I. Most days. Um, Jenna in Southern Alberta says, Let's go. Or sorry, Southern California says, Let's go red black. Regarding the guy in Morden, Manitoba, who's trolling me about the internet issues that I'm having here in South Florida. He says, To be fair to Morden, Manitoba, there was unlimited high-speed internet there. I Googled it. Uh, and from Dan, Dan in Saskatoon, uh, Darren, he says, breaking this morning, the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey in 2022-23 will feature a giant milk logo. 
as the league introduce, uh, introduces jersey sponsors for the first time. Now, you're nodding your head. You might have seen it. Have you seen the Milk logo? I'm, I kind of had it up to here with the people that are bitching about sponsorship in pro leagues, whether it be people like the bloggers, Greg Drennan, who bitches in every column that I read that there's betting ads and betting talk on all TSN's commentary and sports nets too. And now there's people bitching about logos on jerseys and helmets in the National Hockey League. Guys, guy, are you that dumb? And Dan's not complaining. I'm saying to those that are complaining, would you rather pay in ticket prices? Would you rather pay in cable television fees? At least they're passing this on to the businesses and corporations that are willing to defray some of the costs so that Connor McDavid can make $12 million a year or so that Connor Murray can make $45 million a year. Stop bitching about this stuff. Have you, you must have seen the complaints about NHL logos on jerseys this season. Oh, yeah, I have. And, you know, the viewer brings up that the Toronto Maple Leafs having milk on their jersey. It actually looks really good. It looks good. It's tastefully done. It fits. It's just a single color with their little scripted logo milk. Um, I thought it's well done. Yeah, there's going to be some that are not going to match. And they're going to be a sponsor. And they're going to stand out. And it's going to look like European hockey. And, and yeah, it's a gateway to having logos all over the jerseys. But... You know, if that's where the game goes, that's the evolution of the game. I mean, you can stay still and stay the way you've always done things, and eventually things will die and fizzle out, or you can adapt and try and grow and find new revenue sources. So, yeah, we don't love no logos, but this is the way it is. Well, I'm trying to... I don't think you need to have a master's in business to understand where sports is going. Like somebody, I think it was Lamar Jackson somebody was talking about on the weekend that he could be the first billion-dollar athlete. Um, even Lee Genier, our COO, was asking me who I thought would be the next, or first, sorry, $100 million a season athlete. Where do you think this money's going to come from? So it's like quite obvious. Do you want to step up with $100 million sponsor rather than milk? No. Okay, then STFU. Thanks. Um covered the NFL stuff back to the CFL thing. If we, if we may, I see that gravity. Well, yeah, just on the CFL thing. Well, I jumped into that real fast. Then I want to get into this great question that was posed from NHL.com about the Seattle Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights. Who will win a Stanley cup first between the two? Cause I got some great thoughts on that, but clearly things aren't good in Ryderville. That's where the, uh, our analytics show us the bulk of our viewers are in Saskatchewan. And thank you, Sask, for continuing to support. Um, the Riders have lost seven of their last nine games. <laughs> I saw Rob Vance Toads call him. Did you see it in the leader post today? Woo! He went after the Riders. Gashed them pretty hard from neck to navel, from top to bottom. They deserve it. They really do. So when the head coach comes out, Craig Dickinson, and says, we're not very good. Again, I don't know if you watched the news conference or not after the game. I did. And I didn't really know what to make of it. We're not very good. At 4-1, and one, we weren't very good then, <laughs> he said. I mean, what does he say? Then he said, we're not playing up to our capability. I mean, he's unfailingly honest, which is what was in Van Stone's column, that Dickinson's the honest one over there. There's no doubt. But do you have an issue with him saying we're not very good? I guess is what the fans have an issue with it. I, mean, I don't, being honest. 
Well, they're going to have an issue no matter what, Rod. They're going to have an issue if he comes out and says, we're not this bad, we're a good football team. Then why aren't you winning, right? So they're going to come after him and be like, just be honest. You know, and when he is honest, they don't like to hear it because it's the truth. And as you know, especially in the business you're in, people don't always like to hear the truth, right? And sometimes when it's hard truth that you're not very good, they don't want to hear it. And you're right. Craig's a great guy. I think he's a good football coach, but he's really honest. And, you know, I think, you know, he's probably, you know, in, in the, in the office and in his coaches meetings, understanding that we're not where we need to be. We're probably going to take it on the chin, but I see some signs of improvement and I think we can be better next year or the year after or the year after that. But as you said yesterday or a couple of days ago on the show, it's probably not happening this season by the end of the year. No, no, no. I don't think so. Um, James in Morta, Manitoba, by the way, regarding our content, he says the CFL and Canadian NHL teams are why I'm here. You can get NFL talk anywhere, but CFL is where my heart is. And Terry in Calgary says, I'm with you, James Henderson. And that's the thing with me. I was not getting overwhelmed per se, but I was sitting on the couch this morning watching television. And they're, they're just NFL, NFL, NFL. And I'm like, I just got to sit back and I just got to talk about what I want to talk about. And usually what I want to talk about is what you want to talk about. And it is the Rod Peterson show after all. So it's fun to dip our toe into college football and our toe into the NFL. But, <clears throat> you know, we're not going to get away from what we love. Phyllis in Winnipeg says the Riders have too many penalties. Edmonton's a close second. The boys don't play discipline. See, that's, that's the other thing. And I, um, from the CFL perspective, the fact that people are already football people that aren't with Saskatchewan are already writing this team off and talking about who's going to coach the team next year, who's going to be the GM next year, in some cases, who's going to be the president next year. Because believe me, there's a lot of guys that want that job. It pays very well. Uh, it tells you that now in mid to late September, uh, Darren, a lot of, what would you say, conclusions have been made about how this season's going to wind up. Um, so that's from the Saskatchewan. I just, you admire Craig Dickinson's honesty, but from what's gone on there and what I hear is going on there, maybe Craig Dickinson is better off not coaching there and moving on because everything has a shelf life. I do want to say this. I didn't spend as much time on it yesterday as I would have liked, and it's a small thing. Winnipeg gets their butts handed to them in the hand the Hall of Fame game in Hamilton, like hardcore. What was it, 48-31 or something? And I just wanted to say this about Zach Caleros. He's not a lot of fun to do these interviews after the games. And I don't think you're doing interviews after the Canada West football games, are you, live? Are you doing any interviews live now in your career? I'm not, but they're part of our broadcast now. Um, down no, just you specifically. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, for sure. You, but you specifically. And here's why. Here's, okay, now we're getting into the funds. Because Zach Caleros, after the game on Saturday, talked, I was asked by the reporters why they lost Winnipeg. And he was, I think they were insinuating the last time you lost, you were going into a bye too, just like now. And Zach was like, that's got nothing to do with it. We were out skiing and we were out played. And he is one ornery SOB. To be honest with you, knowing Zach the way that I do, they're lucky they got any quotes out of, him, out of him at all. And it's not just a football thing. The bane of my existence that I hate is those live post-game interviews. I hate him. Chris Jones was tough to interview after a win. Okay? After a loss. Damn near impossible. 
And I'll never forget one particular Labor Day classic in the early 2000s, so about 20 years ago. Danny Barrett wouldn't come out of the coach's room at Taylor Field. Wouldn't come on the radio with us. And I'm sitting there holding my nuts, for the lack of a better term, going, we're waiting on Danny Barrett. We're waiting on Danny Barrett. And I'm like, I just, oh my God. When I moved into this new role, our thing in broadcasting now, I'm like, I don't miss that. And when I say we're getting into the fun stuff, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do this weekend. Because for sure, I'm going to the Dolphins and the Bills. An agent friend that's coming, and I can't wait to see him, and we're going to go to the game together. But the FAU Owls, the Florida Atlantic University Owls, NCAA Division II team are home Friday, Saturday night. And I saw an ad today, Darren. It said, come volunteer at the game. Take tickets, sell merchandise, take stats for the team and the stands. I'm like... I might do that. That sounds like fun. And then I look at the face-off times. Friday night, 9 o'clock. Saturday night, 7.45. I'm like, I'm usually in bed before 9. And secondly, I don't want to stay to the end of the game. It's like, I, can you take <laughs> stats but leave with five minutes to go in the third? It's like when I go to, you know, Pats games and Ryder games, and when I did, and I'm always leaving early, my friends are like, hey, why are you going? It's 1-1. One, one. I'm like, See ya. I'll listen to the end on the radio. I'm good. I'm not fighting this parking. Forget it. So anyways, my po- I don't, those live interviews, back to where we started this, they're freaking horrible to do. They're horrible to do. You must have some yes. experiences oh, with that. I hate it. I hate it. You know, and I, I don't mind the in-game interviews. I've done a lot of those on, on benches and at half times with coaches. They're really uncomfortable if a team's getting their butts kicked at halftime, you know, but for the most part, those are good pregame interviews. I like, you know, the sit down one-on-ones are pretty good, like on an off day, but yeah, the post-game interviews can be tough and you're trying to kill time to trying to stretch out your post-game show. Um, and for the most part, you're not getting a lot of really good stuff out of there unless it's a wild win championship interviews. Those are fun being on the ice after a team's won a championship. Those are great, but standard, oh, and I'll, I hate losing, going to the losing team or the losing coach after a game. That's a non-starter for me. Oh, I, oh, our intern, Braden, who's watching right now, asked me about that, those sideline interviews and stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, you have no idea. And he's going to have to do them at some time, but I will tell you this before we break and bring in Mike Benton, Seattle Kraken broadcaster. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on this, but I remember be, being out in Portland with the Pats, and he's not their voice anymore. But the legendary Dean Scooter Vrooman would do his post-game show interview on the ice with a microphone in front of all the crowd at the Glass Palace. And the coaches would come out. I think it was Mike Williamson at the time. Do the interview at Center Ice. And our general manager and owner is Brent Parker. And I looked at him and he had this twinkle in his eye. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, you're not going to make me do this. I don't even think we got out of this season. We got back to Regina and I'm doing the interview at Center Ice. And, of course, we were the Pats in that era. We were horse crap as a team. I'm sitting at center ice with a microphone by myself, rank half full of people, waiting for our coach to come out, who I don't want to name. His initials were Curtis Hunt. And I'm sitting there by myself, (laughs) again, holding my nuts, talking about the out-of-town scores. Here's the NHL scores, the WHL score. Here's the scoring summary tonight. Still waiting on the coach. Let's go back and do the NHL scores. And, the, and finally, literally, I'm like, well, if the Pats don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. 
Drop the mic. Good night, everybody. I hated it. <laughs> oh my God, with a passion, I hated and it. And then he walked out. Anyways, Moose. No, no, he never did come out. No. No. Law, law, and I love him, but he didn't. Okay, Moose, I'll see you in hour two. We'll see how things are by then. Okay. Later. All right, sports update on this uh, Tuesday. P.K. Subban announced his retirement today after 13 NHL seasons. He won the Norris Trophy as the NHL's best defenseman in 2013 as a member of the Montreal Canadiens. Zedane Ochera, who won the Norris Trophy in 2009 with the Boston Bruins, is also calling it a career. The 45-year-old is set to sign a one-day contract in Boston today so he can retire as a Bruin. And Keith Yandel announcing his retirement today as well. The Toronto Blue Jays are on the road as they begin a two-game series with the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. Ross Stripling gets the start for the Jays against Philadelphia's Kyle Gibson. And Aaron Judge's chase for 61 homers resumes tonight as the New York Yankees host the Pittsburgh Pirates. Judge hammered home runs number 58 and 59 on Sunday and is just two away from tying the AL record, as you know, set by former Yankee Roger Maris. The sports update for Edo Japan from hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce. Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. We're going to Seattle after this, it's the RP Show on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Big breaking news day uh, in the NHL. Zdeno Chara, P.K. Subban, and Keith Yandel all retiring. From the CFL, quarterbacks Dane Evans and Taylor Cornelius and linebacker Matthew Thomas were named the CFL's top performers for Week 15. We'll get into more on that later. And I do have to say, I see you. I see you, Mike Lee. My seatmate at Regina Pats hockey games texted and says, I loved every time you left a Pats game early, especially the close games. That's what I love about my life now. I can leave the games. Whenever I want. Mike Benton cannot, however. Seattle Kraken pre- and post-game host. And I've listened to those games from the Coors Light Lounge. Mike, forgive the blurriness where we sit here. I don't know what's going on in South Florida, but that's okay. You can hear us just fine. How are you, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Rod. And hey, I should say I'm jealous. If you're that blurry, it means the sun's that bright and the winds are whipping. Call me jealous, Eric. (laughs) Yeah, okay, then you know what it is. Yeah, it is very, 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 very bright and hot here. Absolutely. Listen, we didn't. I wanted to get to this earlier. I didn't, but I will with you now. NHL.com posing the question, who wins a Stanley Cup first, the Vegas Golden Knights or the Seattle Kraken? I, unless I've misread it, and I don't think fans in other markets understand, these two are viewed as expansion cousins, and there's quite a rivalry between the two. Did you see that question from NHL.com, and how would you answer it? Well, it's the first time I've actually heard that question being posed, Rod, so it's news to me. But I think the immediate answer right now is that it's an incomplete project. Now, if you want to look at it from how these two organizations are trending right now, I mean, you could argue the gap is being closed a little bit. And that's just because the Golden Knights missed the playoffs for the first time ever this last season. And many of us thought about around this time last year, they would 
be again in contention, not just to win the division, but also maybe as well compete once again for the Stanley Cup and the Kraken are the first franchise out of the box. Now, I said the gap is being closed because of this last summer. It is, of course, a gradual gap that's being closed because the Kraken have now one season ahead of Matty Benito. Many saying could have gotten number one overall, and many saying maybe, and I buy into this, the steal of the NHL draft back in June in Montreal. Vegas has got some questions, but yet they still have a lot of great pieces here to cause a lot of problems for teams in the Pacific Division. The question, of course, is goaltending, and the question, we all talk about it here, how are you going to fit those pieces here under the salary cap? So if the Golden Knights can get back into the postseason, They've got a shot, but the Kraken have closed the gap, certainly here after this last summer. Yeah, it's a fantastic answer. I think it's a great debate, and I apologize if I caught you off guard. It's just interesting. Obviously, the approach as expansion teams couldn't have been more different. And Vegas has a lot of older talent, and Seattle's a, a younger team with some big-time stars. Now, let me ask you this. You said close the gap. Aside from Beneers and Shane Wright coming in, what other offseason moves did Seattle make? Like, What has you believing that they won't be last place in the Pacific Division here in their sophomore year? Well, I got two words for you. Oliver Bjorkstrand. And that was a pickup I thought that really cemented this team's ascension to the next tier as far as its ability to produce offense. I love the pickup of Andre Burakovsky. He was one of the big names that many teams were after on day one, and word's been going around that maybe he had been looking at Seattle as a destination, and the Kraken were interested in him before day one of camp and or before day one of free agency. And finally, those two uh, parties able to meet. So, what the Kraken got is a guy who can produce over 20 goals. He's won two Stanley Cups now, and many say maybe the most lethal wrist shot in the entire league. The question, of course, is you know, now consistency. Bjorkstrand is a player who can drive a line. That's what I love about his game. He has proven. He's done that over and over in Columbus. He's led them in scoring. The one thing the Kraken were able to capitalize in getting him was that it's not so much that Columbus wanted to get rid of him, but just because they were again in that cap crunch because they got Johnny Gaudreau and then signed Patrick Laine to that long-term contract extension. And so, Ron Francis talked about over and over and being able to be at the right place at the right time. He did that with Bjorkstrand. So what you're looking at now is a top six that includes Matty Beneers, Bjorkstrand, Burakovsky, Jared McCann, who almost got to 30 goals last season, Jordan Eberle, who is as proven out there as anybody offensively. That's not a bad top six. And no, we're still forgetting about Yanni Gord, who popped over 20 goals last season. and then. Shane Wright may be waiting in the wings, but Bjorkstrand's that guy who can make his line mates better. He's a guy who can drive the engine offensively. That's the one move I loved from this past summer. What's the goaltending situation? Because from all accounts of what I hear, it was disappointing last year. Well, it's got to be better, and I think you can ask uh, the goalies themselves, especially Philip Grubauer. He expects to be better for this next season. Uh, he had a tough go last season, you know, for different factors, you know, a new environment, um, you know, coming off a team that, you know, was as loaded as ever with Colorado. But, you know, the numbers were, you know, 
maybe we weren't expecting to see a huge drop off as he saw compared to last season. I, I like what the Kraken did in getting an experienced goaltending coach and Steve Breer, and that's really a no knock on Andrew Allen, who uh, I had a great conversation with over and over last season about the, the ins and outs of goaltending, uh, proven guy in this league. They just wanted to do some restructuring in that department. Now, with Briere, those from Toronto, of course, recognize his name coming out of that organization, but he did some great things with Jack Campbell. And the one thing that was so important was with Briere and his goaltenders now, with Grubauer, Martin Jones, and then Chris Drieger, who's on the shelf, though, until March, is build a relationship. They're already off the bat, or they're already off to work on that off the bat. Briere took Grubauer to dinner. That's so important because you're working almost kind of like a teacher, you know, client relationship or teacher student relationship in that respect. So there's already trust built. What I've also heard is that Briere is very, very good at understanding and managing the needs of his goaltenders. That's going to be so important to understand whether you, you push your goalies one day or you tell them, hey, you're going too hard, hold off, save your energy here for game night. So that's a big ingredient, I think, that lends itself to success. I asked Grubauer at the end of this last season, are you okay playing as much as you did this year? And he said, I want to play more. That's a guy who's driven. Those are ingredients I see that could lead to an uptick again in numbers for goaltending. And if they can do that, the Kraken are going to put more wins on the board. Hey, Mike, just lastly, uh, just tell me, we have a minute left. What's the schedule ahead here? I've been following the Flames and the Panthers. They came out of Rookie Prospects tournaments on the weekend. What's up with the crack in here and the schedule ahead? And have they had prospect games already? A couple of more days to go until Mm -hmm. uh, the real thing training camp. They're already underway with rookie camp, and it's very, very small uh, right now compared to what other teams are holding. And, you know, we've had some people ask, you know, you know, face-to-face or via Twitter, hey, why aren't we playing in prospects games yet? Well, the real answer is, is that, you know, you're still building an organization right now. There are only 15 uh, rookie skaters per se available to skate in rookie camp. That's not enough for a full lineup here. And so you could easily fill the gaps with other players brought in on invites, but, you know, how long are you, are you going to hold them around? That's a big question. So there's more emphasis on paying attention to your draft picks from this year, your draft picks from this last year, guys brought in on uh, unsigned uh, contract or undrafted contracts as well, and invest more time in them this year. Once you build one more draft class, then maybe you could field a longer uh, stretch of a rookie camp or play in prospect games last year. So it's a very modest two-day stretch right now, but still very, very useful to work with Dave Haxtell, Dan Bilesma's out there, Jess Campbell on top of that from the AHL franchise. But right now. Still very much in the, in the building blocks phase. Step three may be a longer camp or maybe prospect games uh, this next season. Good stuff. Awesome uh, update, Mike. Thanks for this. Good luck with the season. Hope we can check in along the way. Anytime, Rod. Stay cool out there. You bet, bud. Seattle Kraken radio host Mike Benton. We'll be right back with a uh, viewer takeover sports update. Talk about this very busy Tuesday in sports in a moment. It's the RP Show on Game Plus Television and WQEE Radio 99.1 F. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Okay, we're back on the RP show and uh, getting feeling back to normal. We made some equipment, technical adjustments, and uh, Clark says this is a lot better and he's happy. I think it's far from perfect, but it is better. Okay, it's just me and you. It's viewer takeover, as we say. I don't really know where to start. I think this will carry over into hour two. We have a lot of things on the table. Uh, we were talking about Craig Dickinson saying we're not very good. Uh, I'll be honest, we're not very good. That came out after Friday's game. Like, right after the game, I watched the news conference. It's just hitting the media now at 3downnation.com. And Wayne in BC says, how can you not like Craig Dickinson? I love his honesty. Oh, I see the photo, the vision. Yeah, that's not bad. I got you, Clark. Depends how you look at it, man. Like I'm, the next comment's what I'm laughing at. If you were one of those players, how would it feel if your head coach said, yeah, we're not very good? I would think you would internalize that and go, he's talking about me. I guess I'm not very good. Now, I said the post-game interviews live were the bane of my existence in broadcasting, and I'm glad I don't have to do them anymore. Phyllis in Winnipeg, she watches every day, and I appreciate her a lot. She says, I hang around after bomber games, chatting with others, meeting players and media on the field. I love it. That's different. That's a lot different than interviewing a coach live before the whole province on the radio and asking why you lost 52 to nothing. It's a lot different than hanging around and throwing squishy little football. You, you know that, right, fellas? Regarding today's big NHL news that three stars, legitimate stars, retiring. Zdeno Chara, P.K. Subban, and Keith Yandel all retiring. Glenn Erickson's watching in Medicine Hat, and he says, Zdeno Charna is done? How long before the Hockey Hall of Fame comes calling? I would assume three years. Is it the same as the CFL? You have to wait three years or just about any Hall of Fame? They waive it for a few. They waived it, obviously, for Wayne Gretzky and the like, but Charna's a Hall of Famer. It's not even a question. Our poll question today, by the way, is of the three, who did you enjoy watching the most? And I think I got to say Subban. I enjoyed his shot. I enjoyed his high-risk nature on the ice. There's something entertaining about that. It's like going to an automobile race at the racetrack. There's a, there's a threat of somebody dying. You know, that's exciting. Um, Chara is what he was. He was out there injuring people. That's entertaining. Keith Yandel, I didn't see a lot, although I was hanging around um, Arizona when he was playing there, and he was a very good player there, but they were not a very good. Jenna says, uh, I don't care what Ottawa's record is. Red Blacks are still my team. Last minute of play of hour one. We'll get to more of your questions next hour. I'm not sure what the connection issue is. I'm just glad that we have it figured out now. Um, the Jets fans want to talk about their prospects. Eh, I don't. Ken Friedman says three teams in the East, CFL East, have played only 12 games, while three teams in the West have played 14. How is this even possible? Eh, don't ask me to explain how and why the CFL does things. But I think we have enough to talk about next hour. A lot of interesting CFL stuff, some NFL stuff. Tory Gurley's going to be with us. You can even get into the junior talk if you want. Breaking news with Nathan McKinnon and his new deal. So stick around. We'll be right back after this break, everybody. 
Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.